Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the ice full. If you would like to become a sponsor for Life from the Well, please contact us at lifefromthewell.com. We'll help showcase your business with shoutouts and we'll advertise on our website. Well, welcome everybody to our very first show of Life from the Well. I'm Peter. I'll be your bar back today. I'm Joey and I'll be your bartender. And we have got a great little show for you today. Uh, we're going to be making a wonderful cocktail. Our bartender, Joey, has an awesome cocktail. Joey, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, tonight, uh, today we are making the Sazerac. It is, uh, it's the first drink ever considered a cocktail, so I think it's somewhat fitting for us to do you know, our first show with it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm all about symbol... <laughs> symbology. I was thinking of that scene. <laughs> that scene. Doc Shane's. That's like the symbology of it. What's it's the word? Symbolism. Symbolism. Yeah. I, I know somebody's getting me a cup of coffee. <laughs> All right. We don't want to. Well, before we rights. before we get too deep down this rabbit hole of our shenanigans, mm. uh, Joey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you got your start with the whole uh, oh man, Joey bartending industry? Sure. I'm. Uh, I'm a lifer, one of those guys that's been doing it for a long time. Um, first job was washing dishes at a at a summer camp, um, and then I always found myself uh, in and around the kitchen. Fifteen years bartending, but um, you know, I was a server for and a busser and a food runner, you know, a dishwasher, all those things before that. And then in high school, I had I had. Um, I went to a trade school, mm-hmm. so you get cross credits for learning a trade, essentially. Um, there's a few of them around, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, dying things that are really important to the growth of Civilization. a strong middle class, really. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, like, good trade jobs that you learn there, and, you know, and it's for kids that don't learn as well in school like I was, but yeah. I could still go and succeed, um, you know, and learn something, and I, you know, took a culinary arts class for two years. Nice. I got like math, science, and English cross credits. Um, I also learned that <clears throat> chefs are assholes, and you know, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh man, this sucks!" Like I, I got in trouble so much for so many stupid things, you know, because I was just a kid in high school. I wasn't like a guy at a job, <laughs> so I would just show up to school to learn, and he would yell at me like I was getting paid. <laughs> so. So the, well, the, most chefs are assholes. Yeah, you know, they'll be yeah. the first to admit it. <laughs> yeah, that, but that was like the start of the, the the relationship with me and my my like that type of chef. I, like I can't handle those kind of guys. I always mm. end up getting in like screaming matches with them. It's kind of funny. Oh, I know. I've <laughs> witnessed you firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just disrespectful, man. It's good. It's like a downgoing trend, which is nice. You're starting to see less and less of that. With you know, the the service industry is one of the one of the last ones to be hit by that, that me too stuff, you know, and, and me too. And just, just it, you know, it's a movement of treating people with respect, right. And being, <clears throat> and that's just one of those areas that, that, um, it's good to finally see some growth in. So. Yeah. yeah. I think Batali went down for that, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He, he got hit pretty hard. Uh, well, he, he like, I don't know. I won't talk too much about him. But he, he, he did like steal millions of dollars from his employees. Oh yeah. Paid out a lawsuit. Oh yeah. He got mm-hmm. he had to pay out like 
eight billion dollars or mm-hmm. something like that. Because you're stealing their tips. But I mean, it was like to his New York restaurants, his California restaurants, and a few other states that he had restaurants in. He had to pay out a shit ton of money. Classy guy. Oh yeah, good guy. Yeah. You know, I really uh, have a lot of respect for him. No, zero. He's he is uh, he's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> you just like Crocs. Huh? Oh, I love Crocs. <clears throat> Sorry, whiskey whiskey red, in my mouth. Wispy red ponytails. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, so I was in culinary arts right school fifth junior senior year, and that was that was like my big intro to the service industry, and then you know got a job at a summer camp washing dishes. Then did some other things for a little while, and then found myself back in restaurants. Nice. Um, but then on, I came back as a server because we had a little restaurant um, in our cl- for our class because we had like a we would serve lunch to the community for like two hours a day. <clears throat> Seemed just it was like a little practice work, you know. And um, I remember like whenever I would rotate into the server. And when I would rotate into the um, server section for my two weeks in that park, so you do like a two-week rotation throughout the class from like working on the line to the bakery to washing dishes. You know, everybody does yeah. two weeks everywhere. Yeah. And that was my favorite part of class, though, was working in the restaurant. Um, for one, I, you know, I, I, I'm a talkative person, and I always get in trouble for talking and Never everything I do. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> one of my lo- longest, oldest, dumbest jokes is that I, I, uh, I work as a bartender because I – get in trouble for talking in every other job I've ever had. And I was like, it's the only job that really encourages talking for me. And so basically just allows you. And, and yeah. So the, the, this was just kind of a, the first insight I had to that yeah. as something that encouraged the skill I have, because it's not anything other than a great skill. I can talk with anybody. Um, <clears throat> and then these little old people that were serving lunch to, um, would leave me like five bucks, and I'd be like, "Oh, sweet, that's cool." And then we're supposed to put all the all our tips into the um, like the class fund, uh-huh. but you know, you put in like half, or like put in five dollars to the class fund, and then the rest of it was gas money for the week. You know, yeah. I was like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, you know, through friends and connections, I ended up working in a restaurant, and and I was like, "This is that stuff that I loved." And so, you know, I was like, I think nineteen or twenty when I started doing that. Um. And so I worked a couple of years as a server, just kind of you know, learning the the ropes. Yeah, yeah, learning the ropes. You know, getting my getting my feet wet and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Paying uh, your dues. Oh man, I got everything wet a couple of times. Ooh. Well, one time we just fell out of a boat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, sure. That's what you kids are calling it these days. Mm. Um, so we are doing a little bit of a back and forth on this first episode. Um, this kind of where. I haven't seen any back and forth. Yeah, I know. It's what <laughs> zing. Yeah. Um, no, so at this point, you would go. Well, what about you, Pete? What, how did know, you get your start? That's what I. Um, thanks for telling you, me how to talk. Were you, were you working your way over there? <laughs> that's what the back and forth was, dickhead. <laughs> that's where I was. I was uh, transitioning right to you. Um, we've, we've covered a little bit of my origins. I was going to use more words to oh. get there because oh, yeah. I'm graceful as fuck. Yeah. Um, like a drunken swan. Hmm. Wait till I have <laughs> a few more beers. More half a can. Um, you're just getting, getting like angry, sober Joey right now. I'm a whole lot nicer after a couple of drinks. Um, well, hurry up. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Just chill, dog. So where'd you start, man? I'm what like got you ice. into it? Like, where's your beginnings? What are what are um, 
you know, why why should we respect you? Oh. Oh. <laughs> We're getting sassy, Joey, right now. I love it. <laughs> well, my humble origins. <laughs> you were kind of a part of that. Um, I worked at uh, I worked at a hotel um, down in SeaTac for a number of years, and it was uh, kind of in the middle of a transition during the uh, what was it 2008 when we had the recession. Mm-hmm. I was working at the front desk for the longest time, and then during the recession, all of a sudden, you know, our hours were getting cut back, and and people were just struggling. Like, hey, can I pick up your shift? Hey, can I pick up your shift? And um, I was friends with a couple of the bartenders there and one of them was moving to uh, back home to like Texas or Wyoming or wherever he was from. And then the other one for some crazy reason decided to open up his own bar during the recession. I'm like, okay, good luck. So the, the part-time bartender that we had, she, (laughs) she became the full-time bartender. So they were looking for a part-time bartender and uh, I put my hat in the ring and they you know i was very convincing i was like hey you know instead of you know putting in all this time and effort and energy and money into trying to hire somebody else why don't you just hire somebody from inside you know easy peasy you already know me you know i'm trustworthy so they hired me Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun and uh, i think it was about a year later or so um the bartender left and so i became the lead bartender and then you showed up for a um some event you were what were you doing at the time i I was um i was actually kind of new to the seattle area yeah but you were doing temp work for i was working for uh it was essentially a temp agency yeah yeah, it was off-site catering company yeah so we just we'd go we just rent like three people from a company for for an event and we'd show up and help you serve and you and i started talking about like zombies and tv shows and whatnot and it was like almost instantly I, i walked over to the manager simon at the time and i was like dude you gotta hire this guy. He he's awesome and he knows what he's doing. You know what it was? I wasn't new to the area. I had just gotten laid off from my from construction, construction job. job. Yeah, and I was just like, screw it, I'll go back to bartending because people are still drinking. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a job that nobody. That and that, is an and industry was, that nobody will ever. Uh, and I was getting tired of getting in trouble for talking. Stop. <laughs> Joey, get back to work. Yeah. I'm, and I'd always be working. Or just mouth going. People were like, shut up. You're like, no, I can't. I can't help it. Just put headphones in. Yeah. Like, Take your headphones out. I'm like, why? You just want me to stand here and stare at a white wall and make it a different color white. Yeah. I need you to make this eggshell white. While you're while you're not making any noise. And do it fast. Exactly. But, um, you know, it was... Uh, I was really happy that you started working there because I was trying to teach myself how to bartend. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, to make fun of my own self, which... This is funny. Um, I... I wasn't much of a drinker, uh, didn't really care for beer all that much and didn't really care for anything other than vodka really, or tequila. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I was drinker. inexperienced, completely yeah. inexperienced and whiskey. I had no idea anything about whiskey except for, you know, like Jack, hmm. that was it. And yeah. so the guys, cause you see everybody in the movies drinking Jack. Daniels. Yeah. Everybody's drinking Jack Daniels right. or Jim Beam or something. But, uh, this guy's like, well, what do you got? And I was like, Oh, we've got this, that, and the other thing. And Duars. And the guy's like, you mean doers? And I'm like, no, this is the fancy uh, top shelf. It's duars. <laughs> and so they, you know, they all laughed at me, but I was just like, oh, shit. 
I was. I mean, I don't really get embarrassed, but at the same time, it was like, okay, just a little public shaming. That's that's a that's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> I think honestly, though, I think every bartender has that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, had, you gotta go to, through that kind of a moment. Somebody asked me to make an old fashioned early on, and I was like, I don't know, make that. And the yeah. guy was like, What kind of bartender are you? Like, that's like <laughs> well, one of the easiest. Do you remember when, when? And I was like, I was ashamed. I was like, You're right. And that actually kind of fooled me to learn. Well, do you remember when it was like your first couple of days um, after your first day where it was like completely Mm -hmm. nutter butters and like all you did was make drinks and all I did was run the cash uh, cash register. But you like some guy asked for like a Manhattan or something like that. And I was Mm -hmm. making the Manhattan and I started shaking it and you were like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, what? This is how I make it. And and you were like, no. That is the you do not do that, and even the guest was like, "Yeah, he's he's right. You you don't do yeah, that." Yeah, guests never even know. <laughs> no, but but yeah, you were so confident that he was like, "No, I believe him. I, I believe he's right." <laughs> yeah. So more public shaming. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> but you it's did. How I you teach. taught me. You taught me how how to uh, make a proper Manhattan, yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but no, that's uh, that's kind of how I got my start after you uh, came on board with us at that restaurant. Uh, I became more of a uh, a server and mm. actually, you know, helped train some of our best yeah. servers that we ever had at at that location. Totally, you stepped into that role really good. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, strong ass server here, ladies and gentlemen. Not just a barback. Not just the barback. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that's a server how, that can change a keg, right? I can. Barback. I can pick up a keg too. Well, mm-hmm. not anymore because I threw out my back. But oh, no. you know, <laughs> that's my job these days. But that uh, you know that kind of brings us to where we are today. You know, you you came up with this concept for uh, for this show years ago, and we're finally getting to a point where we can do it. So yeah, back in those days when we would either be serving. 300 people in like a two hour span or, or one, one person, person in an eight hour span, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. Which left us a lot of creative thinking time. <laughs> I mean, there were a few shifts that we literally didn't serve anybody. Yeah. Those are the hard nights. Those yeah. are nights you're glad for minimum wage. So <laughs> <laughs> I still get paid $5 an hour to stand here. <laughs> no, it was like it was like eight dollars an hour by then, I think, right? Yeah, something crazy. Well, since then, uh, you know, I, I worked at that location for what was it? Uh, probably six and a half years or so, mm. uh, working as a bartender and a and a server as mm-hmm. well. And then I went to another location a little closer to home, but that was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you go from fine dining, high end food, and and clientele to cheap food and cheap clientele it's just like yeah. they're two completely different worlds it's like culture switches oh it was a huge really culture weird. switch it was a slap in the face like almost it literally just, you just gotta think of it as like you're like well fuck okay i used to take pride in these things in my restaurant i'm you know we worked for mark mark is one of the best chefs i've ever worked yeah. for it's hard to go somewhere else absolutely and be like this food is great because you know that mark would make it so much better but then you know that just gives you the ability to try to find the strengths somewhere right. else right so you're still selling a brand, whatever restaurant you're at, you know, you're selling that restaurant to people. You know, yeah. It's your job to make their experience good. You know, yeah. that's what a good server does. And thanks to Mark, it's like, I've become a much better chef. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, in my, in my own honestly. personal kitchen. You know, it's like not that I'm a chef at a restaurant or anything, but no, but you, you you hold yourself to a higher standard. Oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, Kelly, Kelly's had some of the food I've made after learning from Mark, so she knows. <laughs> nice, yeah, awesome, dude. That's so cool. Move to. I can tell you about my first bar that I bartended at because I, you know, I just kind of tell you how I got into the service industry. Um, it was a funny experience because I would, I had worked at a place that for about a year or so, and then I got fired from it. It was the first job I ever got fired from. Technically the only job. I've been laid off, but I was the only one I ever got fired from. Um, and so I, it was a big strike to my ego. You know, I thought, I thought that I was doing a really good job, you know, and I still don't really understand like why I got fired to the fullest extent. Part of it was because the manager that hired me was released like two weeks beforehand. And then, you know, I was gone shortly after. And so there was some talk of conspiracy yeah, so a little bit of animosity yeah yeah and so you know i was you know kind of on my heels like trying to figure out what to do next um and he actually the manager that got fired before me reached out and he had just landed a gig working at a nightclub he's like i always loved you you know you've you've been one of my guys um he's like i don't really have anything for you except you know you, you could like sit at the door and take cover and i can pay you minimum wage friday and saturday nights be like, all right. So I go sit at the door from like eight o'clock to one o'clock. <laughs> That's where I started smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and just sit there and like char- charge people to get in. They had to come in. It's a really boring job. When I was done uh, taking the cover charge at the door, I would, you know, go inside, grab a tray, and start busting tables, you know, and just try to help out. After like a week of this, the bartender started tipping me out. I was like, "Oh, you guys, it's not necessary." They're like, "Oh no, like you're working, like we're gonna tip you out." I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." Nice. Like, sweet. So I was feeling really good about that. Next day, I came in. The owners of the bar <clears throat> came up to me, and they had talked to my buddy Mike, who was the GM of the place, and they they were looking for a bartender at their other bar. And he said, "Hey, try Joey," you know. So they came up, be like, you want to bartend? I was like, I've never bartended before. And they're like, it's okay, we'll train you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so then I went and worked at this, uh, it was an Indian restaurant. <laughs> and we did karaoke on at night, uh, like in the middle of the week. And then on the weekends, we would just have like a, a club DJ come in and play, you know, top 40 hits. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> um, somebody wanted to drink and you didn't know how to make it. We had a Rolodex. <laughs> and a Rolodex is a really old thing kids listen up that nobody even this, I mean, is, this is gonna be in your history it's funny because it, rolodex was being repurposed uh-huh. what the original use of the rolodex was <laughs> for all those out there who don't know is it's where you kept all your phone numbers from everybody you knew it was a little spool of of cards that were all attached to and and uh you know you just kept them all in alphabetical order and so you could keep all your contacts in one place it was this huge thing that you kept on the counter and some bartender long ago had the genius idea to put cocktail recipes on these little cards that you keep the names of your friends and relatives on. <laughs> and so you would have a Rolodex and you just flip through it and try to find the drink. And if the drink recipe wasn't in there and they didn't know how to make it, then just didn't make the drink. You're like, I'm sorry. I don't know. It could be under another name. Yeah. That I hate that so much. Yeah, I had to look up a martini in one of those because I know how to make a martini. <laughs> yeah. It's the first time I'd ever ordered. Someone ordered that from me. Like I got martini. I was like, sure. So I went and looked. You had a poor beer. Looked in the little guy and and found martini, and so I I poured two ounces of vodka and an ounce of vermouth. And oh, I shook it up and I gave, and I gave it to the guy and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, I 
a little less vermouth, a little more vodka. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, everybody wants more vodka. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The less vermouth was the key, especially for the vodka martinis. People yeah. don't seem to like it that much. Um, yeah, so the next one around, I used less vermouth and yeah. seemed to be happy with it. And that's really the key I found in uh, making drinks is as right as you think you are with your ingredients and components, as long as a guest likes it, that's the most important part, right? So, whatever. That's where we learned that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of guests and... Mm. Uh, and their little idiosyncrasies and, and um, things that they like. What, what do you do when you have a guest that's just bugging the absolute crap out of you? <laughs> like, case in point, like, uh, there's... What's happening did right you, now? Did you, put, did you put enough vodka in this? I don't think mm-hmm. you put enough vodka in there. What, what What's your kind of uh, trade tricks? At this point, I mean... It's just snark, right? So there's just a res- you find responses to things. So if, if let's say it's somebody's being a dick and they don't think you gave enough alcohol, I just say yes, I did. And they say I don't think you did. I'm like, well, I I I gave you the amount that that drink requires. And you know, if then they're if then if they argue with me, they're telling me I don't do my job. I'm like, well, you know, you know, you're not supposed to argue with customers. We're also not supposed to give away free product. You know, yeah. it, it's I feel like once. Once a customer starts having a couple of drinks, they become emboldened, you know, and if they've sit there talking to you for a little while and they feel like they know you, and so then they start treating you like one of their friends instead of a complete stranger that they right. just met four hours ago, but they've been boozing for four hours. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, I think part of it is just being assertive, you know, and having a, a stern, you know, line where you draw things and you don't let people just don't tolerate that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, if someone starts bitching about it, it's like, there's enough in it, dude. If you don't like it, you can order a double. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to charge you. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy in t- the other day who, who he, um, he's like, hey, give me a Mai Tai. I was like, cool, man. I can do that. He's like, do you know how to make it right? I was like, yeah, I know how to make it right. He's like, you know how to make it strong? I was like, if you want a double, I'll make you a double. And he goes, yeah, all right, give me a double. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> he was trying to. Yeah, I know. But he's, he's trying to get free drinks from a stranger. And it's like, dude, I'm not going to risk my job for some connection that you think you have with me. Like I work in the city. I serve several hundred people a day. Like we are not friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, going yeah. off of that, I kind of feel like people, uh, people tend to, to forget that. It's like, yeah, we're, we're here to be your friend, mm-hmm. but it's like, Part of being a good bartender is also having a good liquor cost. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's like, <laughs> you know, that like makes you valuable to here, your employer. You know, yeah. if, you, if you pour We're here to precisely. sit there and, and talk to you and be nice to you and befriend you, but mm-hmm. we're not your friends. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we're, we're friendly strangers that, yeah. that will treat you nice as long as you come in, you know, with kindness. But when you cross that line, it's like, no, we you don't know me. We're not friends mm-hmm. and you need your cut off. You're asking me to steal from my boss, yeah. <laughs> you know, which would cause, which would cost him, cause him <clears throat> to fire me. Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't have a job. I like yeah. this job. Yeah. I'm not going to steal from my boss, especially for you. Yeah. But I'm not going to steal from my boss. Yeah. <laughs> silly goose. <laughs> and then that's fun too. Cause if you like finish and you call him a silly goose or do something funny, then they're like, what? They don't take it nearly as hard. Yeah, like, it just confuses they don't take them it in a bad way. I don't know what to do. <laughs> what, what, what? He just like why did that guy call he me? He just a talked silly down goose? to me and then called me a silly goose. <laughs> so at this point in the show, at this point in the show, we like to kind of give a little history about uh, the cocktail of the of the day. And uh, since we have our our wonderful bartender here, Joey, I'll let you take it away. 
Thank you, Peter. Um, I think I, I've said this for a long time that the smartphone is is the greatest invention um, bartenders have ever been given. Uh, we talked about the Rolodex a little bit. Google is now our Rolodex. Yeah. You know, there's never everybody knows probably knows this now. I mean, it's for me. I still have the wonder of it because I remember when you didn't have like that kind of freedom. You know, and and so. With Google, we've been given the access to all the drinks, and now we know all their histories, too. And that helps me, I don't know, remember the drinks more, like, when I know more about them. Um, I love knowing, you know, where something came from. It shows you part of your culture. You know, it's really, whenever I travel, I want to I want to drink what they drink, I want to eat what they eat, and I want to listen to the music they listen to. And those, are, those are, like, are the three components of culture for me, and, and so, like, doing the cocktail histories is, is uh, really exciting. Yeah, and... and- you know, going off of that, it's like when you know the history yourself, you then become a better uh, performer and give a better um, experience. You give a better experience mm. to the guest. Sure. When a guest comes up and says, hey, I want a really good cocktail. What uh, what kind of cocktail can you make me? All of a sudden, boom, you're like, oh, well, I've got a great cocktail. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're going, wow, this is awesome. I'm yeah. getting a dinner and a show kind exactly. of situation. Helps to make it a memorable experience. Which, Absolutely. Which and then they're increases... going to want to come back again mm-hmm. if, you know, if they're local. <laughs> Even if they aren't, dude. I'll get, thanks to the internet and everything, you know, I'll get text messages or, or Facebook messages or something. Um, you know, when, a, when a, somebody's in town and they're like, where are you working at right now? And then they'll come pop in. And, <laughs> to crack into the, the cocktail history, um, we said earlier I want to do the Sazerac because the Sazerac was... Um, theorized as the first cocktail. All right, so there's a dude named Antony Peychaud. I was born in 1838. Um, he was an apothecary owner. He has his own bitters called Peychaud's Bitters. Um, it's one of the key components in the Sazerac. Um, it's they, one of the better brands of They're yummy. Of yeah, they're too, super yummy. That? But these bitters have their own, um, <laughs> their own little history. So being an apothecary in the early 1800s, I don't know if he was born or if that was the year he did whatever. Um, anyway, people listening care, Joey. Think like the guy selling like snake oils on the cart, you know, they're, they're, you know, and he would come through town. You know, those, those were like the traveling doctors and the apothecaries. You know, that I don't know if he, that was exactly what he did, but that's always like the vision I have in my head um, of this dude who, and he, you know, created this tonic, and it was a bit of a cure all. Um, and people started requesting it in uh, in their beverage at the local bar. And at the time, brandy was the um, or cognac was like the drink of choice. And so they started mixing it with this bitters. And and uh, so Peshad was the guy who actually coined the phrase cocktail because uh, it was like a cocktail of stuff that he had put together. Yeah. So uh, in like the eighteen seventies, I think they switched to rye because rye was an American drink. And so it. Uh, the Peychauds was, um, he's from the French region down the Louisiana area. There's a bar down there called Sazerac. Um, so it, it says it's named for the Sazerac de Forge. It feeds, it's the brand of the cognac brandy that they served um, uh, for the, as the original ingredient, uh, which now most people don't use. Most bartenders use rye because well, we like it better, I guess. It's not as sweet. It's got like a little, that smoky peaty. It's got a little roughness to it, but uh, the switch to rye partially was because it was an American spirit. Um, It was the American spirit that was most accessible because there was a shortage in um, grapes in France because of uh, an epidemic caused um, 
by aphids or like a, it's a this it was called phylloxera and it's like they're similar to aphids and so there was this big grape shortage in france and so there wasn't brandy or cognac to really? use and so they, they they just went with the a spirit that was close to home yeah 1873 when it look it up it's fascinating shit <laughs> Yeah, it's some good stuff, and it's been around for fucking ever, and it's got a little dash of absinthe to it, which um, that's kind of how I came across it, was absinthe became legal again. <laughs> like we couldn't get it for a really long time, and so then we could get absinthe all of a sudden, a few, you know, uh, I was going to say a few years ago, but it's longer than that now. It's probably about 10 years it's ago been, or longer. It's been about 10 or 12 years. Um and so then being the inquisitive mind and, and student of cocktail that I am, I, I, you know, looked up all the absinthe cocktails I could find because we had a bottle of absinthe in our bar. And so then we just started making all kinds of different absinthe drinks. And this was the first one and probably my favorite. So the cocktail is really simple. And I, I laughed earlier when you were talking about the chef who didn't want to show how he did things because it's like the exact opposite of how I feel. Like, I think, um, you know, the, the more people know, the more – the more you raise the the standard, the more, the better we get. Yeah. You know? And as, as, if everybody knows how to make a decent Sazerac, then I can start ordering them whenever I go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has nothing to do with you. I'm, I'm super selfish, and I just want to drink good cocktails, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that could be better if they just gave a little bit more yeah. of a shit about it. All right. So the cocktail is really simple to make. Um, all you need is a sugar cube. Or a little simple syrup, your Peychaud's bitters, um, a absinthe. I like to um, keep my absinthe in a atomizer. If you don't know what that is, it's just a little bottle with a spray head on it, and so it it uh, you can just mist the the absinthe into a drink and just you just rinse the inside of the glass because sometimes absinthe is such a strong flavor and a strong spirit that you only use a touch of it. Um, and so they'll say, rinse the glass with absinthe. And so you'll pour like a drop in, rinse it, and dump it out. And you're losing absinthe. So when you use the atomizer, you just spritz, and it gives you a nice clean covering, and you don't have to dump any out. You just get the most for your money. So absinthe in an atomizer, I recommend it. You don't have to. Um, and then I use rye. You can use cognac or brandy. doesn't matter um, if you want to be like a, a purist but I think it's best with rye. Um, and finally, you want a lemon. Uh, I just use the peel of the lemon. You don't need a knife to cut into it, but uh, you have like a little peeler or a knife, a little paring knife. Just You just want to shave off uh, the outer edge of the lemon for the, for the oils. Mm. To make the drink, so what you want to do, <laughs> you take your sugar cube, you throw it in your glass, you take a couple dashes of bitters, soak that sugar cube, until it gets kind of soggy. If you're using simple syrup, just do like a little half ounce squirt or whatever. I use a little model stick to break up the sugar cube. I like the sugar cube because it's less watery and you can turn it into a little paste. Sazerac is a drink that a lot of times is served chilled or not chilled. Um, I'll just ask the customer, you know, what they want, if they want it chilled or not chilled. But um, yeah, if you want, throw, throw some ice in your mixing glass on top of the sugar and bitters. Um, I just throw the ice in before I throw the spirit because that way you can pour the spirit over the ice and it melts just a little more water, so then you get some mixture. If you don't want more water, um, it's not going to chill it as much, but you know, put the ice in second. If there's ice, stir for 30. Um, that's kind of the rule of thumb, is a 30 stir. And strain it out <laughs> in a glass. Uh, 
usually served neat. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's all about preference when it comes to spirits. And so you can serve it over the rocks if you want. doesn't matter. Want to watch Joey make the cocktail? Find all of our videos on our website at lifefromthewell.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Life From The Well. Joey just made us these wonderful cocktails. Um, and, you know, i got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of, um, of anise, of the licorice flavor. And so absinthe has never been one of my favorites. I mean, although I really do love the history, and I'm sure that we'll do another episode mm-hmm. uh, diving a little bit deeper into absinthe. Oh, sure. But um, it's never been one of my favorites. Yet this cocktail, uh, it's just... It's really good. Awesome. Man. I, Thank I you think so much. you're welcome. Yeah, and I, I just think it's a it's a fun cocktail to make. To mm-hmm. watch you make was uh, a lot of fun, <laughs> and the flavor profiles is just. I mean, it does have a little bit of that anise, but it's not so overpowering. It's mm-hmm. like here's just a little hint to kind of mellow out everything, and yeah, I I, I really enjoy this. This was de- this would definitely be a cocktail that I would order at uh, a nice restaurant. Cheers. Cheers. Joey, you know, you've been working in this industry a lot longer than I have. That's true. And and I know that for the few years that I've been working or that I have worked in the service industry, um, I have quite a few Mm -hmm. stories that I can tell. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who uh, outranks me by about a decade uh, in, Mm -hmm. uh, in the service industry, not by age, I mean, even though you are. (laughs) uh you must have some good stories so tell me please i want to hear a really good story a funny story um maybe a little subjective i think most people will find it funny um somewhat recently um so i work in a city now you know i work in downtown metropolitan city area um so there's a lot going on on a regular basis of seattle yeah. You, you can say the name of the city. No, they don't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say people's names once they start sending me checks. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of a busy day. It was a Saturday. Um, or early in the evening. So, you know, before the big dinner rush. Um, kind of near the shift change, you know, in the, in the late afternoon, early evening time. And so we're all kind of getting settled in, and, and you know, there's, there's always a bit of chaos in that time where you're just kind of getting everything set up for the way you want it, making sure that your night's going to go right. Yeah. Um, and so I have this dude come in, and he sits at the bar, and he asked me to charge his phone. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem, man, whatever. You know, We have a charger, so I plugged it in, and his phone's charging, and then he orders a beer and a shot. And uh, I was like, cool, man. So I got him a beer and a shot, and uh, then he went outside to smoke, left his beer and a shot there, so I was like, cool. And then he came back, pounded the beer, slammed the shot, and ran out the door. <laughs> uh, I still had his phone. <laughs> I was about to say, did you still have the man's phone? Yeah, absolutely. I still have the phone. Um, <laughs> did, did you ever find no, the owner of the phone, so, or did it just go into God, this? This turned into, um, yeah, it was a good like two weeks of just just like plotting <laughs> like all these different well, things we wanted yeah, to like as, a, do. as a server when people dick yeah. you like that you just want to yeah. get back at them but you know being a good person and a human being and not wanting far. to get fired mm. you know not wanting to get fired yes but um, but you are a human being and you have thoughts yeah so yeah, what were some of know. the thoughts that you and your coworkers were thinking well his phone wasn't locked and so once oh. it charged 
we turned it on and it just popped open. We had access to Instagram, Facebook, and it was him. Everything, yeah, yeah. It was his social media accounts. We recognized him, unless, <laughs> unless he was like running a really shitty scam where he like, it was it was like a Galaxy phone too, so you know, or Samsung Galaxy, and so so it wasn't a cheap phone. No, it wasn't a cheap phone. It was a smartphone at <laughs> a good screen. It wasn't cracked. It wasn't cracked. You know, the battery took forever to charge. It was probably a little old, but like, I mean, <laughs> so it'd be a shitty scam, you know, yeah. if he stole the phone. Logged into all of his social media accounts and then left it in the bar as like collateral so he can steal, you know, eight dollars uh, worth yeah. of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A twelve dollar tab versus a three hundred dollar or a thousand dollar phone. Yeah, he, he really showed us. Yeah. <laughs> so so we you know, we, we considered, you know, like sending his mom texts and because and, there was a mom in the phone. You know, oh, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. just like you try to find that that one that's like don't answer. Because mm-hmm. you know everybody's got a don't answer on mm-hmm. their phone, and you just start sending them like love notes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you. Come over tonight. Yeah. I know I said that before. Just forget about it. <laughs> yeah. But right. we didn't fuck with his life. We just left the phone. We let the phone die again. It's probably still on our lost and found. Oh, so you still have the? You phone. never came back for it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that was last summer, man. Oh my god. <laughs> I think he just I think he just wrote it off as a loss. He was probably I mean he was fucked up already. You know, you don't you don't just bounce out on one shot in beer typically. No. He was a hem fest all day. He was feeling good. Um uh what's a, what's a fun one for you, Peter? What 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 uh you, I know you've got a few silly goose <laughs> nuggets. Oh. <laughs> yes, I've got one. Who's uh, one of your favorites? Uh, one of my favorites. Um so at the the hotel restaurant that you and I met and became mm. friends at, um, we <laughs> so I was taking care of this table. Uh, we were all outside. Um, it was a beautiful, beautiful summer night, <clears throat> and I had this table, and it was all older people, you know, well into their seventies. Probably a few of them were eighties. I'm pretty sure that the that the woman. Uh, who was the centerpiece of my story was in her early to mid eighties. Um, too much of a cougar, too much of a cougar. Yeah. Like what do you, what, what is that? Is there, is there a term for that when, when a woman's in her eighties and still on the prowl and still on the prowl because she was, uh, so she's there with a bunch Silver of her friends. Back, little cougar. <laughs> Silverback. Silverback cougar. <laughs> I like that. So she's there with a bunch of her friends uh, for dinner, and they were doing one of the tastings, but she also had her boyfriend, and she made it clear that she had a boyfriend, and he was probably six or seven years younger than her. I mean, it was clear that that she was the older of the two, Um, maybe 10 years younger. I wouldn't even... I don't think you can tell the difference in age of people in their well, late my, 70s. Well, my parents are like, no, my know. parents are like 100 years old. Um, I love my parents, but they're like, you know, 100 years old. Yeah, so no. I, I can definitely tell. You've got you've got experience. <laughs> Not that kind of experience. <laughs> Yes, my wife is older, but not that much older. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Love you, Ange. <laughs> yes, love you, dear. Um, no, so, so this woman has been just flirting with me like crazy and it's, it's obvious to everybody that she's been flirting with me. Right. But at one point she says, 
will you come here and help me with the menu? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so she goes, no, no, come, come closer. Like, you, please help me read the menu. And I, I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. In my head. And I lean down, and I'm right next to her. And she kind of leans back and brings the menu closer to my face. While bringing her hand around and grabbing my backside. Mm-hmm. And trying not to cause a scene, I was like, well, um, we have a wonderful dish right here. Um, Hashtag you too. Hashtag me too. That's bad. That's poor taste. It would be poor taste if it wasn't true, though. I, I would say that that honestly could lead us into a whole other topic of sexual harassment in the service industry. It, it, it totally could. It totally could. I mean, I've had I, my ass grabbed. Oh, this this one that was the, that was the first one of the Actually, night. That was the first one of the night. So yeah. like, fast forward to the <clears> very <throat> end of the night. Mm-hmm. Her and her group, um, they oh, basically yeah. closed us out. Right? Well, that's how she was starting you off. Right? Oh she yeah, was she, like, was, she was she was she was buttering the bread, <laughs> <laughs> baby. I'm a butter your bread. So she she and her group come in and and at the restaurant that the uh, I worked at at the time had a really beautiful fireplace on the inside and outside. But um, her and her posse came inside and she asked me, will you please take a picture of all of us? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take a picture. So I took a picture and she came over and she wanted to look at the pictures. And she she made sure that her boyfriend and all of their friends were still at the fireplace because she was, she was like, I just want to make sure that it's good. Okay, you guys just stay right there. She comes over and as she's looking at the phone... And the pictures, she grabs my ass again. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, it's a power move. Really? <laughs> She's going to give me a good tip. She's going to mm-hmm. give me a good tip. <laughs> She's living her best life. <laughs> I'm pretty. <laughs> You're pretty, Peter. You're six foot seven. Who wouldn't want to grab that? <laughs> uh, cheers, Joey. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> So, Joey, you know, a few years back, um, you came up to me and you had this wonderful idea for uh, doing a, a TV show that we never mm. did get around to doing, unfortunately. But docu-series. A docu-series. <laughs> um, and, and if I remember correctly, it was about going around to bars and talking to the bartenders and mm-hmm. the wait staff and, and just getting like kind of, kind of the behind-the-scenes view of mm-hmm. the industry. So... Why don't you go ahead and, and tell me and our audience mm. um, why did you doing? come up with this show, <laughs> the, the the podcast Life sure. from the Well? Sure. Um, so my my dream, you know, for Life from the Well, my vision for it is is just to create a place where we can collect our stories. You know, we there we have this great technology, you know, um, that has helped our industry so much already in so many different ways. Now it's also a way, you know, for us to document, you know, what we have and the lives we've lived. And that's, that's fun for me. I think that's really cool. It gives us an, uh, the ability to, to share our stories with each other. And, um, I think that's, I think that's worth something. So hopefully you guys like it. I think that that is an awesome, 
idea. And, you know, I really hope that all of you people out there that are taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to us and hear our shenanigans and our funny stories, I really hope that you appreciate it. And, you know, we will have guests in the future because we... As funny as our stories are, there are a lot of other people out there that have great stories, Better good, stories. bad, funny, oh, hilarious <laughs> stories. Um, so we will be having some guests in our future episodes. So mm-hmm. please come back next week or next month, whenever you get a chance to listen to our show. Or maybe in 30 seconds. Because or maybe have, in, yeah. this could be years down the road and we've already had a few recorded. So, you know, yeah, you might be... Uh, keep listening. Hit that next you button. Might be <laughs> you might be coming in later in the show and, uh, you know, we already have 40, 50 episodes. Done. And hey, guys. Welcome. We love you. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks, for, thanks awesome. for joining us. This is uh, this is a lot of fun for us, and it's a passion project. So, yeah. Oh, uh, I think the uh, check is here, Joey. Let's call, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.